Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, brothers, welcome back to the God-Centered Man Show. I'm your host, Tim Holloway, and I'm glad to be back at you again. Hey, look. If you're new here, uh, this is the spot for Christian men to begin to thrive inside of their life, begin to practice um, some spiritual principles that will actually get some results inside of your life. So I'm glad that you're here. Uh, this is live on the road, so this is going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm just going to review some scriptures um, that I've been reading every morning my wife and I read the scriptures together and uh, we talk about what it's saying to each of us and so the past couple days have been really really deep and so I wanted to uh, talk about that since I got about a 20 minute wait here uh, I figure I'd utilize the time to do something productive with my life and so hence this podcast so uh, we were reading in Matthew 23 and um a couple days ago, uh, we're in Matthew 24 now, but uh, at verse 2 there, it says, The scribes and the Pharisees that they sit in the Moses' seat. Uh, then Jesus says, All therefore whatever they bid you observe and do, but don't do after their works, for they say, and they do not. Okay? So what I want to talk about uh, initially here is uh, hypocrisy and how it, uh, how it hurts us, how it damages us. Um, how it kind of mars our leadership. Um, you know, these men here that were, you know, the shining stars of religiosity and who were, you know, if anybody thought, you know, they had it right or that they were God's people, you know, they would, they would point to these guys, right? And yet it's said of them that their core value or one of their greatest uh, values here is, is one of hypocrisy. And obviously, over time, you know, the religious system, it, it evolved into that. It's not something that's just happened overnight. Uh, but at any rate, uh, here are these uh, uh, Pharisees um, getting pharisutical, <laughs> which is, you know, the ultimate bedrock of hypocrisy and saying, uh, but not practicing. Now, when we think about our life, and we think about each area of our life, whether that's our family, faith, fitness, and our finances. And we ask ourselves, where is this principle um, thriving? Is this hypocrisy alive, you know, inside of my relationships, inside of the way that I treat other people? Is this hypocrisy alive inside of my spiritual life where I'm pretending, um, where I'm putting on a show, where I'm uh, acting and playing the part and um, going through the motions and all of these different stuff. So this question brings us to the place of reflection. Much of what Jesus said, he's harsh. And the thing that the danger in all of this is, is to point the finger at the religious people and to say that, oh my gosh, they're such hypocrites, right? And 
forget the message that it speaks to our own heart. Now, it's easy to do all of that. And that is that this message is for somebody else. It's not for me. And what we all fail to see is the Pharisee inside of me. And that is, you know, looking for the similarities that, uh, you know, these people uh, were religious. They were righteous. Uh, you know, they they were uh, keepers of the law. They were men of the book. Uh, they were men of the temple. Um, you know, as far as lust, they did everything they could to look the other way. And all of this different stuff that we can relate to as men is, and say, you know what? Um, I can be a Pharisee. And I can be a Pharisee when I begin to criticize, when I begin to judge, when I begin to find fault. And I can be a Pharisee when I begin to um, point out other people's wrongs without considering my own life, right? And so that's the danger of reading a scripture like this, that we look at it and we can point to the Pharisees, man, these religious hypocrites, man, they were something else. And not understanding that these words were written for us. Uh, that is to look at our own life and say, where in my life and my family, faith, fitness, and finances am I playing the part? Where am I acting a fool? Where am I being the hypocrite? Where am I singing one thing and doing another, right? Um, and this hypocrisy, we have like multiple different ways to justify it, right? Um, that is that if we uh, are participating in a certain behavior, then we can't very well tell our children not to participate in this behavior because we don't want to be a hypocrite and we don't want to say one thing and do another. So we therefore become lenient inside of certain behavior and or we don't change our behavior and we enforce a behavior upon somebody else and, and, and we're playing the part and we're acting a hypocrite. You get what I'm saying here. And so whenever we show up with this mindset of I'm going to proclaim a principle, but I'm not going to uh, look at my own life and see how it's applicable. We step inside the mode of hypocrisy. Or when we ever, we say, man, when Jesus was really harsh with those religious people and uh, thank God that I am not like them, <laughs> right? And then we step into the mode of uh, pointing the finger at somebody else and not saying, God, forgive me for the Pharisee and me, okay? So they are described as in verse 4, as they bind heavy burdens and that are grievous to be borne. And they lay them upon men's shoulders, and they themselves will not move them, uh, even with one of their fingers, okay? And so this all talks about uh, religious duty, religious demands, and placing these requirements and restrictions upon men's shoulders and not um, helping or assisting or relieving the burden in any way or fashion. Okay. If you come to some of these churches that, uh, that are inside of this philosophy, this pharmaceutical mindset, you come with a guilt and shame and you'll be heaped upon a lot more guilt and shame. Uh, and you'll end up having this like religious mental disorder to where uh, you can never seem to measure up and all of these different things. It is ugly. It is ugly to the core. But all of their works, this is what uh, Jesus said in verse 5 here, that all of their works 
they do to be seen by men. Okay. And this is the discussion that I had with my wife is that no matter um, what good is done, it doesn't really matter too much because the intention behind the good is what really matters, right? We had somebody recently who uh, paid for a funeral for multiple different uh, casualty victims. And I won't go into the names because, you know, I'm not here to uh, judge, criticize, or find fault. I'm just here to uh, show you how this mindset plays out in the lives of others and then how it can play out inside of my life and maybe how it plays out inside of yours. So he offers to pay for all of these funerals. Um, and everybody's congratulating him. He's getting praised up and down, left and right. He's all over the, the, the media and the news and all this stuff for doing this wonderful deed, right? And I'm not doubting that what he did was not wonderful. You know, I, I look at it and I say, well, that, that, that's a wonderful thing, right? Paying for the funeral of, of victims of, of violence, okay? But if the goal and the intention was just for some good publicity, then uh, he got off cheap because he didn't pay that much to get that amount of uh, clout and publicity, right? And so for it to not come into question, then we have to begin to do these things in secret. And here, here, here's the thing, though, that the good deeds, if we cannot do them in secret, then we know the motivation of our heart is for the praise and the approval of men. What we're looking for is for men to start clapping, okay, and start telling us how great and wonderful we are, okay. And so this brings home to me. That I look at my life and my family, faith, fitness, and I ask myself, where am I putting on the show? Am I putting on the show? Am I doing uh, some things to be seen by men? And am I looking for the applause of other people? Or am I doing what I'm doing out of pure heart and pure motivation? You got to ask yourself the same. You see, everything that Jesus says is a two-edged sword. And that is that not only will it cut me, but it'll cut you also, okay? And knowing and understanding that is that am I willing to go through the pain of practicing the Word of God, of examining my life so I don't begin to show up and start doing things for the show and start doing things for applause, right? And doing good works to be seen by others, uh, maybe your, uh, maybe if you you have experienced this, I don't know. Like I've grown up in, you know, different kinds of churches, but there was one church where they came and they, you didn't, uh, you had to walk up and to give your offering, okay. And what this created was a group sense of peer pressure uh, that you had to like go up there and give something. Uh, but it also created a smug sense of look at what I'm doing in front of everybody and sort of thing, okay? And so this, we can set ourselves up for this kind of behavior and seeking approval and seeking reward and all these different things and us not even be aware of it, okay? And so it's important to understand that. Uh, inside of church, uh, big donors getting plaques and getting all of these different things. And, and what they're doing it for is for to have their name on a bench or for them to somehow be recognized 
and uh, all of these different things. So we have to be aware that the situation uh, tries to take place inside of our lives and we have to challenge it and say, you know what, I'm going to do what I am going to do, even if nobody knows about it, even if it's kept a secret, and I'm not going to uh, blow the trumpet if by chance what I'm seeing doesn't get the validation, the recognition that I'm looking for, okay? And so that often happens is that, okay, I didn't get uh, no public approval for my fasting or I didn't get any public approval for uh, the amount I say that I'm praying or whatever it is, right? And so therefore I'm going to draw attention to it and that's what Jesus is talking about here. So all the things they do is to be seen by men. Then they make broad their, I don't know, something with their clothing and they enlarge the borders of their garments, right? This kind of like correlates to wearing like Jesus t-shirts and religious quotes and sayings and, and you know, having on the Christian garb and all this different stuff that um, for shock and awe value, right? That they look in there and say, man, that's like, that's an amazing Christian. That's, yeah, they're, they're really making a statement or whatever. You get what I'm saying? Lastly, this last thought that I want to bring out is in verse 6. And that they love the utmost rooms in the feast and in the chief seats of the, of the synagogues, right? And uh, verse 7, and, and the greetings in the marketplace and being uh, called of men, rabbi rabbi okay so the motivation of their heart is for to be seen by men uh to get the public approval and the praise the clapping of hands and to get the honorary seats inside of the synagogue and for the special titles that go along with the the christian means okay uh, being called doctor being called prophet being called a pa uh, apostle being being called pastor okay and all of these titles we can uh begin to uh love uh being addressed in such manner we can begin to be loved in 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 and ushering into the important important seat up in front right I don't know if you have ever spoken in different churches, but that's usually what happens. I have, and you know, they usher you to the front, and you get this like kind of special thing. Uh, I I went to a church um, that the the um, the pastor's chair was like a throne, okay, and it was like this beautiful like throne looking chair, and uh, it was the honorary seat. And uh, so the the mindset is this: is that doing. Uh, all of these things and special places and titles and all of these different things um, has nothing to do with being a servant. And seeking these things or having these things be, you know, in our heart, it causes us to be uh, in the wrong motivation. And that is it causes our heart to be in the wrong place. And what it is, is that, you know, this insecurity and this fear-based nature that is inside of us. And we're insecure and uh, we, we want validation and we want recognition. And it comes from a dark, insecure, fearful place. 
And once we, you know, we allow that energy and that, that, that nastiness to manifest itself and we leave it unchecked, then that is going to take us to a place where we don't really want to be, okay? Uh, where we become a people pleaser, where we begin to do things for just for merely the, the honor and the recognition, and we don't do things from a pure heart and from right motives. So here's the bottom line in this, is that every single Christian virtue and act of discipline can be carried out with wrong intentions, okay? And I want to tell you what I mean by that is that if I pray and I fast and it's to get the uh, uh, approval of somebody else to see how holy I am for the amount of prayer and the amount of fasting that I am engaging in, then the good act has become evil. Okay. If I stand at a pulpit and expound greatly you know, concerning the ways of God. And all I am doing is for the stroking of my own ego and for people to say how intelligent and how smart Tim is. Then I've taken a good thing and I've made it evil. Okay. For me, if I jump on this podcast and it's just merely to, uh, to expound and not to really, uh, help people and help men and actually, uh, uh, show up with spiritual principles that will change your life. And, and it's just merely to receive praise or something, right? And then this good act that I'm doing now becomes evil. Uh, it's hard to do in podcasting because there's not much validation. There's nobody telling me how great I am. Okay. But you get what I'm saying is that all good becomes evil by the motivation. Okay. And so it is that we, we hold on to these, these uh, uh, activities and these mindsets. And what we need to actually begin to do is begin to do things from a pure motivation and from a heart that is not seeking validation. How do we do this, man? It's coming to the recognition that I'm fearful and I am insecure. And therefore, I seek to uh, have validation, okay? Now, if I come to God and I have him feel that place inside of my heart and I allow him to speak his identity over me, that I am his child, I am his son, and that uh, I am the light of the world and that he lives and moves and, and uh, manifests himself through me, then all of a sudden, the fearfulness and the insecureness disappears. I begin to know who I am. I begin to know what I have. And I begin to be confident inside of that reality. Okay. And this banishes the fear and then the insecurity. So it's allowing God to come and to manifest himself into the deep recesses of our heart. And to shine a light on these darknesses, on these hypocrisies, and and to not uh, uh, be tempted to cover it up. That we all lie naked before him. And that is no intention or no motivation 
or not anything that could be hid. So the only thing that we could do is just stand there exposed into the light. Now the men who love their darkness more than light, they are going to get tempted to not uh, stay inside of that light. And that is if they love their deeds of darkness, then they're no longer going to come to the light and they're no longer going to be exposed. And that is that they're going to have their conscience sheared with a hot iron. And what that means is that they're going to become numb. They're going to go on continuing in their behavior and say it's okay and give justifications and excuses and rationalizations. But I believe that there's better things for you. And that is that we come to the light and we allow ourselves and our motivations to be exposed and we don't run away in fear. We say, God, allow your uh, mindset and your power and your identity to begin to shape my heart and my life. All right, brothers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you soon. Peace.